0: So it's yeah. funny. I like the. I appreciate the Henry Winkler cutscene and like the little. Hey
1: everybody! Uh, another episode of I want to talk movies. This is kind of so we decided to do one a week, like we usually we do every two weeks, but uh, we had to do a quick another quick episode uh, about Black Adam. So again, this is I want to talk movies. My name is Andy.
0: And I'm Andrew. I'm four beers deep, ready to talk to Andy about Black Adam.
1: Uh, It's just, yeah, when he told me it was four beers deep, and he's like, yeah, let's record Black Adam.
0: I mean, mean, there's there's a difference. Like, if you say you're, like, four IPAs deep, you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's, you know, potentially quite drunk. These are relatively light. These are spanish light beers. Like, somewhere 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 hovering
1: near 5%. Right. I just like the fact that after four drinks, you're like, I'm ready to talk about Black Adam. <laughs> so, I would have talked I, about it without
0: it, it would have been maybe less entertaining, potentially. Who knows? But
1: I just wanted to we'll emphasize see. that. But, anyways, uh, we'll just do a quick check in and then, yeah, we'll just get into it and mainly kind of talk about the DC universe and Black Adam and see what's going on. But, how have you been feeling this last week?
0: Pretty good, I haven't been watching too much stuff. There's not a lot, I mean, like, besides you know, the regular episodes of Andor, um. <sighs> But otherwise, not so much. I should probably – I've been thinking about renewing my Netflix, actually, subscription soon because there's a couple of things piling up there that I want to watch. Actually, one of them specifically is the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine has made it over to European Netflix, which I I do really want to check that out.
1: 100%. I think they finished so strong, so I'm excited for you to finish that. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad they had a strong finish.
0: I have been watching, actually. Speaking of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I've been going through Parks and Rec because in Europe it's on HBO Max. I guess it's on like so Peacock weird. or NBC or something in America.
1: Yeah, it's Peacock, which like I, I'm signed up for it, but I'm not. I don't have like the premium subscription, right, where you get no commercials. But yeah, it's just kind of, um, it's kind of annoying. They like, I think it's funny because when they first started, they're like. Oh, guess what we have? The Office. Guess what else we have? The Office, um, which is a amazing <laughs> show. One of my favorite sitcoms, but like that was all that was It's a great show. I'm,
0: I'm not a person who revisits it. There's a whole population of people who love to rewatch The Office. I'm not one of those people. I appreciated it when it was on, but I'm not a rewatcher of that show. I do love Parks and Rec and I rewatched it from the beginning and I've been doing it for like three months. It is crazy how much progressively better that show gets. It really only gets better, which is I don't think there's so many shows that only get better through the years. Like and it's 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 nuts. It's a it's a really interesting example of of something like that. I think I'm on season's end of season five towards that
1: oh yeah no i think season two because season one wasn't bad but after when season two starts when adam scott and uh i forgot the other guy's name
0: um when they come in they really i mean like yeah it's interesting because they really they really did rework the characters they're like okay what's good what's bad like to be honest like amy pollard's character is somewhat annoying a little bit like not it's tough when you go back you can see there's aspects of her personality that are more annoying that they've kind of removed right. um, in favor right. of other ones for the later seasons. Like without really drastically changing the character, like she's still very similar to herself, but you, they've clearly changed some things. And then to be honest, like the character Mark Brandanowicz never made sense. So it's like for them to recognize like, hey, this character is not popular. It's like, it's just not working. Like just get rid of it for whatever reason they did totally smart move on them bringing like cutting him and bringing in um two new characters like you know pretty much by the end of season two right they bring in two new characters who become like very vital characters for the the entire premise of the show yep yeah yeah
1: and, and it's, yeah and again it's one of those i might revisit it because I, I might revisit it because i think i've seen the entirety of the office i think either in two or three uh watch um and right now, my highest-running rewatch show is uh, Community and Avatar: The Last Airbender. I don't know why, but like, I just once a year, like, I will put on like The Last Airbender or uh, the show or like um, Community. I'll start it, but Community has six seasons, uh,
0: and they're gonna do a movie. So amazing! You know, I, yeah. You know what I have been watching? I don't know if you have you watched Atlanta. I've watched the first
1: uh, three. Seasons, or two seasons, and I need to watch uh, season three and four, or the current season. But it's. I, I started show.
0: watching that too because it's on Disney Plus here. Um, I oh, like cool. it. It's funny. Got it. Yeah, because it's a Hulu thing. I don't know. I like it. It's it's it, it it really does border the kind of like this like sometimes it's a little too depressing, and sometimes I yeah. wish it was a little more comedic. But sometimes it's like it's got kind of like the I don't know. They they paint like the reality of certain societal aspects like pretty bluntly and I'm like, oh fuck, that's a little sad. Yeah.
1: No, I, I I love it. So I I enjoy uh Donald Glover's work. He's a great musician, artist, you know, Charles Gambino, all of that. And he just I loved uh his the Detroit and Aubit segments and community and I'll continue to be a huge fan of that. But no, it's just like he this is like um Donald Glover's like uh, own like he you know wrote pretty much Writes the like show, wrote it and, all right?
0: Yeah. Is uh, he I from he Atlanta? He must goes. be, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I assume yeah. so. If he was the one who wrote all of this and kind of like was the one who kind of probably moved it along from a development standpoint.
1: Yeah, he also was a writer in a uh, Thirty Rock too, which is which was also a great show. Um, for a yeah, bit. that's
0: a good show. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, I haven't like you said, I haven't been really watching that much going on, uh, just because I've been having a little bit more, now I guess like boosted up and have a little bit more social than I usually am. So I've been catching with some friends and like I'm gonna go see my family at some point, like well today after we finish recording and so it's been kind of, been kind of nice uh, being out and about Um, but I just continued my, here's my weird part is that I will not watch anime for quite some time and then I'll have a phase where I'm just straight up watching anime for like a few weeks to catch up on what I'm wa- wa- you know, watching and I like currently like I'm in that phase so like I've been catching up on my hero and I've been watching the Chainsaw Man actually like started reading some of it just because I'm curious um a really funny really weird out there show uh so we'll see and then yeah I've been watching other little shows like Mob Psycho 100 and whatnot so it's been fun revisiting that uh, but yeah, besides that, I'm just I'm waiting to for the Andor epi- shows to, to finish the arc, because I really am digging it. And at some point, I will start House of Dragon.
0: Uh, well, the season finale is this week, so...
1: <laughs> there we go. I'll, I know what I'm going to do for the next 10 hours um, after we finish. No, I'm just kidding. I cannot do that. that would, it sounds like it, that would hurt. Um, oh, so here's one last thing before we get into Black Adam. And it's related to DC. So I made a mistake in the last week's recording uh, where I said I thought the Gotham Knight game was gonna, going to come out in the next oh, yeah. year. And all of a sudden, Andrew here sends me a message saying, hey, just to let you know, the Gotham game comes out next week, as in like this week it came out. And it's like, oh shit. Well, okay then. Um, kind of shows how the how the game is doing. So I mean I don't I haven't Well, it doesn't given look very good to
0: be honest.
1: Yeah, it, it, people it's not been getting that good reviews. So I'm a little concerned cuz like I really want to play uh, the the Suicide Squad what, game.
0: What, I don't get what happened though. So okay, so the first two Arkham games were from Rocksteady, right? Mhm. And then, what, the third one, they sold it to Warner Brothers Games or something? And then this one is from Warner Brothers Games. Is that how that worked?
1: I think so. I only know that the Suicide Squad is Rocksteady. So I'm hoping that they will do do a better... I don't think... Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think. Maybe Rocksteady did the main three games. But maybe there was the Origins one that Rocksteady didn't do. But it was still technically a Batman Arkham game, and they outsourced that one to like Warner Brothers who did this one. I can't remember. I mean, to be right. honest, the third one was the weakest one anyway. And then I think the origin one was also not like super well received. I think by then, like some of the some of the gameplay mechanics got a little. A little, a little boring, bumpy. maybe. I mean, the yeah. second one's the second one's totally the best one. The second one, like the first one had just like amazing gameplay mechanics because I would never played a beat-em-up game in three dimensions that was that fun, and actually felt like Batman. And then the second one was just super open, so it was even better. Like, oh, wow, like, I can glide across and, like, the different buildings, different parts of the city, and they just changed um, kind of the scope of the game with the same gameplay mechanics. So it's unfortunate. I thought about buying an Xbox for this game, but probably not. If Suicide Squad's um, good,
1: maybe. Yeah, no, I I will support you in getting a, a console. I would say, I mean, I'm a PS5 fan, uh, but I would support you in getting that uh, for Suicide Squad because maybe somehow you and I could actually jump on that together. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully it's multiplayer it might be single player but i don't know rock city usually does single player uh, stuff but this Cosmic night was was multiplayer and i think you can play with friends and whatnot so that was a big thing
0: is playstation I think, yeah. gonna have one of what what does that get uh, the game subscription thing is there are they gonna have like a version too eventually
1: eventually but see that's, that's the one downfall about playstation is that they're so their shit is so convoluted when it comes to like the different height like the different prices and whatnot like there is your ps uh, PlayStation Plus, right? You'll get free monthly free games that they'll give you, and it's only sixty-five bucks for the year, which is, isn't bad. If you download some of the free games every year, you're actually like, you know, you're 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 saving some. Like i have downloaded like like they gave they threw out Bloodborne one month, and like I ended up getting that game for free, which is like amazing, because one of my favorite games till this day. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, Pass, just, they is. Have, so they don't have yeah, an
0: equivalency no. of Gamer Pass that has the depth. They don't pass,
1: right? and that's how Microsoft slash Xbox is kind of like blowing PlayStation out of the water. Uh, PlayStation though is more they're more they're they're their I guess their angle is more single player games because they've had some amazing single player games. Just like I'm gonna just let this you know, something called Spider Man was that they made, which is which is another one of my favorite games of all time, the 2018 one, and the Miles Morales one, which is really fun. They've done again, like the Soulsborne, were kind of all PlayStation only, but they now the Dark Souls. I mean, PlayStation, the Bloodborne is PlayStation only, but the Dark Soul games have been cross uh, platform. Um, but still, they have mainly worked with PlayStation and whatnot. You have the God of War, you have the Last of Us series. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that that they have single player wise, but for multiplayer, Xbox seems to be. Have a better angle and then also like pc gaming thing, more social more gathering and everything but yeah so that's for like dc stuff hopefully the suicide squad game will be slightly better than uh the Gotham knights which is a bummer because i didn't realize it was coming out and then i was going to plan on getting it but probably just gonna wait um but yeah anyways uh, yeah, so let's just get into the Black Adam movie. Uh, so, this has been in development for, I think The Rock said it's been in development for like,
0: it's like been 15. for like 10 years or something. Like, something insane. He, he has been physically attached to this role through rumors at yep. the minimum for, the, yeah, like 10, 15 years.
1: And it's just, you know, and it's funny because, like, it, I don't know if it was just me but like as soon as like the last couple of months came like there wasn't that much marketing i don't know whether or not it's because i don't have much um i don't aid to watching many ads anymore because a lot of the subscription stuff that i watch are just straight up like no ads because i just hate ads um but i haven't really seen much like promotion for it uh but i know that I, I heard- on social media.
0: I heard someone mention, too, they didn't do as many opening previews previews as they do for other films. And sometimes that's an interpretation of, like, I guess the movie studio's confidence level of the movies. Typically, they'll do more if they're more confident. I'm not sure exactly what that means here or, like, how true that is. But I had heard someone who works in the film industry say that this one in particular had, like, notably less than something like The Batman. And you'd maybe expect them... Assuming similar quality to have similar number of preview nights,
1: right. Here's my thing, right. And because I'm like, semi, semi torn, right. Because and we'll go into like you know some of the, some of the uh, like issues I guess that that I might like you know that I you know that I found right because it wasn't a perfect movie right, but. Yeah, there's just a lot of little details I want to get into. Or far, some far details from, I want to get into. Far from it,
0: Andy. Yeah. Just <laughs> far from a but, perfect
1: uh, <laughs> Right. So, let's just give your first impression, right? Like, this was, again, I'll, I'll tell you, this is you know Warner Brothers film. It was uh, directed by Jamin, uh, uh, Colette, Sarah. Uh, and, again, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was the producer and whatnot. So, like, obviously, he's the main cast, along with Adis Hoj and... Uh Pierce Brosman. So, yeah, uh, it's just, again. I'll read the little summary from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so, like, nearly, nearly five thousand years ago, after the bestowed with the almighty powers of the ancient gods and imprisonment, just as quickly as Black Adam joined the Johns, joined Johnston is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice in the modern world. Um, so there you go. Yeah, what were your first impressions of this movie overall?
0: First thoughts. Okay, I'll do one good and one bad. First thought, good, is that I think the action scenes are quite interesting and cool. And, like, they make flying and fighting and stuff really awesome. Um, I enjoyed that. I think The Rock surprised me more than I would have anticipated in the role, at least personality-wise. There's some interesting things to talk about there, but I, I was... I went in really worried about how he would portray it. And I think it was better than I expected. Uh, bad. I think the, the score was God fucking awful. Like, I, <laughs> I'm really, annoyed. I almost want to like tell, like, if you know, tell James Gunn, he fucked it up for everyone because now everyone's trying to copy what he did so elegantly. And it's just, it's really annoying and frustrating. And it's obvious. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm sure you know what I mean. Like, they played exactly, I, there's a certain point in time where they play uh, Painted Black. And it's just like, yep. you don't need to play that song. This song doesn't fit tonally with the rest of the score. It doesn't necessarily fit lyrically with, with what's going on right now. The only reason you're playing that song is because it's popular and it has the word black in it. Yeah, And I found the score to be quite distracting throughout the entirety of it. And I every time they played one of these random songs, I just kept thinking, like, fuck, James Gunn ruined it for everyone because everyone's copying what he's trying to do.
1: And here's the thing. Like, James Gunn has, quote, has said that, like, he he shoots to score. So whatever the score is, whatever the songs he has in mind, you know, he, like, you know, chooses wisely how it all fits in. You know, and I think with the Guardians of the Galaxy one, which is, like, the
0: biggest And it's thematically example, consistent, that's the yes. important thing. Guardians 1, yeah. and I actually honestly think because I was expecting it for Guardians 2, it didn't hit quite as well. But Guardians 1 is thematically consistent. So when you listen to all those songs from that era, and that's the composite of the score for that movie, it's it's meaningful because it's consistent and it has meaning for the main character and each individual song was Taylor designed or tailor chosen for that scene. So there's like multiple layers in which there is consistency um, and and meaning for the film, and then for the, all this all this other stuff, everyone's just like, oh, like this song, like kind yeah. of like the chorus matches, and it's like that's not enough.
1: It's funny. You want me to blow your mind? This could have been like I just love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, the whole first album, like to to even be more like into how James James Gunn is a writer that from the start to finish of that album was related from the relationship that the mom had was uh, Star-Lord's dad, right? Because yeah. there's some... And it's, and it's a theme, right? And you didn't, and I didn't know it until, like, I read about it after that, like, the songs where, that she picked were, like, you know, based on, like, the relationship that he... that she had with uh, Peter Quill's dad, uh, which that was great. Because there's a song called, you know, like... Uh, I mean, again, it's just... We're more on Black Adam, but like, yeah, it's just a kind of see... It's the really, point. really
0: thoughtful. That's the thing. So I don't want to, yeah. we don't have to talk about it too long, but the thing is, is like, yeah. I just found that quite frustrating and annoying because this came off not very thoughtful to the, at least to me, when I was watching it. And it, all it does is make me think, okay, you're trying to do what James Gunn did, but you're doing like 10% of what he did. So I, I find that a little annoying. We don't have to dwell on it necessarily too long, but that's, I would say, the most annoying thing about the movie, I think.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, under, yeah. And so, it's it's hard, right? Because like I think I'm on the same. So for my like initial thoughts, like same. Some of the action scenes were really well done, uh, and whatnot. They did seem kind of like, they they did seem kind of like repetitive each time, right? Where like, okay, yeah, there's little... all these people now, and then The Rock's just gonna nail all of them out and show how powerful he is. And like in in you know being creative and how unique, each action scene was and how powerful, he was, right? So
0: yeah. It's weird because, right. I, you know, I, I still keep thinking when I watch some movies, sometimes I'm thinking I'm on, I wonder if like COVID was a restriction, you know, because you only film certain scenes, have access to certain actors and actresses at certain times. So like that's what makes it look awkward, because you're right. There is a sense where like each scene, like it moves so quickly and there's so infrequent plot development throughout the movie. That sometimes it's just like you feel like you're going from trailer to trailer almost. Like you could pull out any of these scenes almost and make a trailer out of it probably. And it would be like, oh, wow, it looks like a cool movie. But it moves that way. And that makes me think that like, okay, maybe there were COVID restrictions. But then I think back to something like The Batman. And I was like, well, The Batman didn't have that problem. Like The Batman was presumably made by similar groups of people, like similar access to money, and it's awesome, and it, it has, it, it tells a story, it's thematically interesting, it has this like very specific direction that the director wanted to put it in. Um, it doesn't obviously have weird COVID restrictions in terms of like which actors could be in which scenes and not, and like whether or not they get to access certain places to film or whatever, but this one like comes off that way. Like if someone told me, oh, they had huge COVID filming problems, I'd be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: It's it's interesting because, like, I'm looking at the Batman right now and one of the big things is that Matt Reeves was not only the director but the writer. And Matt Reeves, again, this is when, like, there's, like, someone known who does good stuff, right? So this is what I kind of wanted to also have, like, a little little discussion about you on this, you know, compared to, like, why what's going on with, like, the – dc universe right compared to like the more individualized dc movies right because we have some amazing dc movies we've had uh, what's it called like the nolan batman right we've had the uh the bat the batman with matt Reeves. we've had what's another good uh, the joker that was t- i would just throw like, in
0: peacemaker yeah. at least so we're not only doing batman stuff but peacemaker legitimately is one of my favorite tv shows in the last like three years Like John Cena fucking killed that. Like that was absolutely incredible. I think it's the best thing he's ever acted in.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, like again, who's the name behind Peacemaker? Really good director. Yeah, he who he like that was his COVID project. He's like, you know what? I found this this you know this character interesting. I'm gonna write a whole eight episodes because you know we're in a pandemic. So he. In that time freaking wrote out the stuff and again like why like the one of the top D- dc universe movies was the suicide squad um and you know so like it's funny that that like either there's like a 50 percent hit and miss was you know the dc universe movies compared to like the standalone dc movies it seems like because you know half of them are fine half of them are decent you know uh like i did enjoy shazam which is this is in the same universe, I, I did, you know, like... Uh, I I I would be the one who I did enjoy Zack Snyder's four-hour cut of the Justice League, you know, just because there was some, like, consistency mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of made sense of the whole why he needed I think to think that better. long. But...
0: It's, 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 it's better. It's definitely better. Because at least it's, yeah. like a, yeah, like you said, it's, it's more consistent with his vision. So it doesn't have, like, the... <laughs> like, the random Joss Whedon scenes that you can tell were filmed by Joss Whedon and thrown in there.
1: Yeah. And we had what, it's like two other movies that I could think about, like The Wonder Woman. The first one was great, amazing, one the of the best one. ones. Yeah. And then I did like I did enjoy Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was fun. Um again. Yeah, Birds I of Prey. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: Birds of Prey's okay. The second Wonder Woman's a little lacking, but okay. Yeah.
1: So I mean it's just it's just been so like it's again, is it that like is there no like, cohesiveness in what, you know, Warner Brothers is shooting out with the DC movies, right? Uh, And that's the biggest thing. They don't have their own vision, their own world, or anything like that, like, so, or that's not working out. So I'm, like, wondering, like, do they need, like, do they need, like, their own Kevin Feige kind of S-person? So it's hard to say.
0: So to say okay let's veer back let's veer back towards, towards actual Black Adam what did you think of The Rock specifically so my like my concern always coming in was like I always thought he was going to be like too much like The Rock and when he's playing characters that are written for him it's fine because there's no preconceived notions of the personality of this character or anything you're like okay The Rock is going to be in the Fast and the Furious movies like I expect to see The Rock or he's going to be in this like action movie about saving his family from this tower (laughs) like he's going to be the rock and that action movie is going to be fun to watch because it's an action movie with this and we talked about it last time at least black adam's a bit more of a somewhat blank slate relative to other heroes so they played it like super super straight faced and i wonder if they almost yeah i think they probably overall probably made the right decision i think there's some argument that maybe they could have let him joke a little more because the rock is a legitimately funny person and they could have leaned into his like kind of funny personality more um but i think there's a couple accidental funny jokes in it that are uh good enough to play on some humor but i think overall like the kind of the straight-faced black adam rock at least impressed me more than I was anticipating going in. But maybe my bar was so low going in.
1: I think there was, like, the fish out of the water thing was the rock, which which I think sometimes, it the, depending on how you, you do it, it it really works, right? Again, was Wonder Woman, the first one, it worked. They tried doing it again with uh, the character Steve um, in the Wonder Woman 2, which... You know, uh, Chris Pine was super charming. Like I loved his character in that, uh, in that, in that film. Um, and so it did feel like it was more like a fish out of the water. And like you said, it was a blank slate, which I think in the future can make or break this character, right? Because you know, The Rock can make this character his own, which I think is, which I think you know is it's fine. I'm just wondering like if he's gonna put a little bit more like I think it's because
0: to be honest. Like, yeah. Thor is a totally different character, and it's just fine. It is what it is. Like, that version yeah. of Thor is, I think, wildly different, I would argue, than than the comic version of Thor. But right. it's fine, because it's funny, It's it's been consistent, it, it hits with the audience, it's okay. It's not such a big deal. And Thor, I would say, also has, like, a more defined personality than Black Adam, especially over the last, like, probably, like, f- I mean, like, it's been... There's a lot of seminal runs of Thor that have existed, like way more so than Black Adam. So his personality is far more defined. So I think if the audience can accept that, like Thor is Chris Hemsworth instead of what they've read as Thor, like The Rock can totally turn Black Adam into almost whatever he wants, probably.
1: Which I think it could be a good thing, right? Because again, you you know, for a character who's been gone for like 5,000 years, And to come out, like, and seeing a whole change, yeah, you're going to want to kind of... You're going to be definitely different personality-wise, but now you have a chance to kind of grow into it. And he did have some, like, you know, I think... You know what they reminded me of? Uh, The, you know, Black Adam's character kind of reminded me of, like, a higher-functioning, you know, level of, like, Drax, right? Because he would take things... Black Adam would take things literally... And then would be like, it was a sarcasm, right? Which I think, you know, it did strike the funny bone. I had fun with seeing that. So I think The Rock can add his charm moving forward, you know, and whatnot. I think he did. I think he just had to play that straight character, which at some points, you know, didn't seem like all that entertaining. Uh, But again, like, character-wise, what would you expect, after you know, from someone being in a tune for like 5,000 years and whatnot? So, yeah yeah um what about so let's go about like the different characters right because we got i didn't i thought it was kind of cool that they presented some other characters we have uh hawkman you know and hawkman the
0: was hilarious i think this is oh my gosh you can totally tell what they're trying to do hawkman is this weird amalgam of um of, of tony stark and, and black panther and it's blatantly obvious I guess it's fine, but, like, that's what I noticed immediately, because he has, like, so not only does he have, like, a suit, right, like, that he can, like, jump out of a plane that self-assembles onto him, yep. um, but he's also, like, Black Panther because he has this, like, rare metal that's, like, indestructible that, like, composes his suit. Yep. So they really, I guess, they were like, oh, who's popular? I was like, okay, we can turn Hawkman into Iron Man and Black Panther. That will work. Um I I like, like I like Hawkman fine enough. Like I like the character in the comics. I like this one. I think the helmet looked a little funny specifically like the way his eyes kind of come out of the, the, the mask. Um but they really went into it. They leaned into it. His suit was cool, I guess overall besides like some of the some of the mask things. I so I liked it. I feel like he didn't hit enough people with his um with his weapons. Like he he never really I don't know maybe that's just because Black Adam was better than him. He never really <laughs> made any contact. And I really wanted to see him make contact with that, like with with his with his mace. I was like, man, like there's no like like so this kick-ass mace, and like I feel like he never like you know hit like a solid like head blow or like body blow to to Black Adam with it.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, totally. And I, yeah, I mean, I so, Hawkman and. And uh, Dr. Fate were my two other characters that I thought were super interesting, and I liked their relationship. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, like, I was more interested in seeing, like, I liked this character, and I was more interested in, like, seeing what he was doing, what he was about, you know? So I kind of, again, we're just going kind to of be jumping in, so we're going to spoil stuff, but, like, seeing him get, you know, get get killed, I was like, well, dang, I like this character, right? Uh, and I would have liked to see more of him in, like, other movies. I did kind of like
0: the fact that they just skipped the origins. Like, hey, the Justice Society exists. Here it is. Like, we don't have time to explain to you why they exist. Yeah. They do. So I like that. I also thought, like, Doctor Strange—or not. um, I also (laughs) thought Doctor Fate actually fought cooler than Doctor Strange. Like, from just an action perspective and seeing the way he, like, fought villains and stuff. Which was interesting because they've done Doctor Strange. They've had plenty of time to kind of, like, figure out how to make Doctor Strange's, like, fighting interesting. Um, and I think Dr. Fates was maybe more interesting, the way that they kind of played it out and visualized it on screen.
1: No, for sure. Uh, again, I, I found his character interesting, so I would have wanted to watch more, more of him, like, in future films. Like, you know, if he could have been, like, the the wise one of the group, you know, as he was in this movie. And so I did appreciate his character in this one.
0: I mean, I wonder if Pierce Brosnan's like, yeah, I'll do one. I mean, like that's it. Nah, I'm doing definitely. the one, so then they're like, okay, well we can kill you if you if you, if you yeah. like tell do us one. Upfront and then, they're
1: only doing one. He'll go join the the multiverse of Jane James Bond movies, which is fine. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um but no, what other we met two other superheroes in this movie too. We met Adam Smasher and Cyclone. What are your thoughts on them?
0: I liked Adam Smasher. The costume was really cool, actually. I thought I liked the like they're kind of copying like the way that Deadpool looks with the eyes. I like that. I think it just looks a little more comic um, I mean, it's also funny, correct, because he has like a comparison. He's like kind of the Ant Man of the group or like Giant Man of the group. He was funny. I liked his little funny jokes about how like he had to eat a lot of food to do what he did. Um, I liked the jokes about how his costume was super vintage because his dad. The- <laughs> Who was his dad? Was that the Fonz?
1: Um, yeah, the Fonz. Uh, What's Jeremy, his name? Arthur Winkle. I, I totally is it forgot. Arthur No, I think it's, it's Jeremy. I, I need to look it up, but I will, I will look it up. Um, I just so thought it was hilarious that, was, that
0: it was him. Like I had no idea who was gonna have a five minute cameo in this movie, and I was like, that's great. I was like, good job, <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> picking him to cameo, and then as his dad. So that was hilarious. Yeah. I
1: mean, oh, he was, Henry. I mean, I Henry Winkler. Henry, Winkler. Henry, yeah.
0: So it's yeah. funny. I like the, I appreciate the Henry Winkler cutscene and like the little, couple five minutes. Um, I mean they were they, they were cool. I mean, I, I like the Justice Society well enough. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, there's there's only so much development they do in in the in the movie overall, right? Because there's not so much talking and like, it's pretty much just like a race to find like find this item and then stop this random bad guy that's going to form. So there's not like an immense amount of character development, but like what was there was interesting. There was a couple of handful of conversations that are funny between the characters or that like kind of reveal maybe the background story and some of like the, you know, strife or difficulties they've gone through in like gaining their powers and using their powers. So there's a little bit there, but not, not a lot. <laughs>
1: It's, it's kind of the other discussion that like you know from what what it did work and what didn't work right because since you know being in this kind of this being our main drama that like or general genre that we cover right like are we starting to see just like there's there's tropes right there's always tropes but like that it's always unique on how to display them and i feel like the tropes here were just very very like overseen and overused right you know my biggest thing is that like my thing is that like when i presented the villain which i'm like okay you know like it was just a, a throwaway villain like oh here's the big baddie who was a mere mere version of the superhero or or the main character right like
0: I mean, it's like Wonder Woman, right? At the end of Wonder Woman. Like, everything in Wonder Woman's awesome up until the very last twenty minutes. No. for sure. for sure. where like um, like you have a and this is the problem with the characters. This is like it's just it's very tough, I think. And this is why it's tough to write Superman stories anyway. and Wonder Woman stories probably too, is the characters are so powered, I think it's often difficult for writers to find an appropriate match for them. And like, Without just defaulting to like, let's just throw in some kind of Hulk. Just that, that's fine. Just throw that in there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and we've seen that with like, also like with some of the Marvel, I mean, Marvel just has done the same thing, right? Iron Man, you see someone else also, to create the suit. You have the Hulk with Abomination, who's just another version of the Hulk kind of deal.
0: Chung um, Chi, but I mean, he's effectively fighting his dad, right? And they're both just martial artists. Yeah, but there
1: was more. There was more depth into that. Like I, they get There's more. In, there's like,
0: more story depth, but in, just in terms of like who's yeah. the villain, they just have a similarly matched skill set. I guess it's different because it's martial arts. And, and I and I there's... don't
1: mind the match skill set, right? And my point is that like you can have the match skill sets and everything, but I feel like what I'm asking for when it comes to now these villains is you got to give me a reason, you know, of like. I guess just more depth into the villain. Like, I want to sympathize a little bit for the villain or see where they're coming from or just kind of be like how fucked up they are and like, yeah, I want this person gone, you know? Um, I think this one's hard because like
0: Black Adam is arguably the villain too, kind of. He's like the anti hero. So you have like three levels and like most have two most have hero, villain, and this one has hero, villain, Black Adam, right? And he's kind of in the middle.
1: But here's my thing but, with Black Adam. Like there wasn't enough time to see him be a villain, right? Like I don't understand. Like we like he can't he's
0: pretty brutal. I mean I think that's why that's how they try to display it. It's like he he just I mean like I was surprised actually. They show him like electrocuting people like down to his their bones and shit and like tearing people in half, throwing people. So I think that was yeah. that was their best display of his like quote unquote villainy. He's just like, I just don't care if I kill people.
1: Sure. I just don't, like, you know, it's funny because he he never was, like, there wasn't, like, a a villain side when it came to, like, you know, intentions used to be bad, you know? It's more like, I don't give a fuck, I'm just, you know, here, like, people are, like, you know, attacking me, so I'm going to just destroy everybody. And they did, I mean, they did do a good job in explaining, like, where his rage came from, you know? Uh, Which is fine, you know? Like, they did have the backstory of, like, his son was given the powers, but then his, you know, the son didn't want to see his dad die, so he gave him his powers, which then the son gets killed. So of course, you know, The Rock now has the powers. He'll just go in and just, you know, he went in and killed the the villain out of out of the uh, out of anger, you know. Which yeah, it wasn't the right morally it was not the right way to to go about it at all, because um, he killed a lot of innocents. And yeah, that makes you know, and I can see that why that. Part makes him a villain, you know, just kind of killing innocents in the, you know, in midway. um But I just, you know, I guess I need to, again, why I think I need to see more of his development, because uh, it can, you know, so, which is fine. Like, I don't think it was just, the movie was just very shallow when it came to, like, the character depth and everything like that, which is fine. Like, they gave us a great action packed movie. Uh, But besides that, it was just, okay, just all the tropes that we see in a superhero movie. Um, So, yeah. yeah.
0: No, yeah, it's tough. It's it's weird because I think they, they move through a lot of those story points really quickly. And then also, I think there's some weird story points that don't make sense. Like, I don't know why he ever agrees to, like, go in that tank. Like... That didn't make any sense. It just feels like, okay, well we need to get him we 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 need him depowered, right? We need him depowered for some kind of moment in time so that we can build up tension for like the final fight scene. We don't really have a good enough reason for why he's depowered, so like we'll just put him in this tank. Which was really weird, because well, then he gets out of the tank and then I guess he's convinced when he's fought everything, he's like, Oh, well, I am actually good enough. I'm not going back in the tank. But it's like you just agreed to that like twenty minutes ago. So like I don't understand now why you agreed to it in the first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean you know, the the thing is that like I guess he he died or got depowered in rage, right? So he came out of the tomb that he was locked in from rage. So he just kinda like was, you know, got out and just started, you know, he started getting shot at and he just destroyed everything in the way. But like I think because everything so happened so quickly he never had time to reflect on his actions, right? Because if it wasn't for, like, the, what's her name? Uh, Sharita, Sh- the the mom, or the, the main woman in the, in the movie, she, you know, told him, like, hey, like, you saved my life, and, you you know, you killed her out of rage, but there's still good in you, you know? And, like, you understand that what you did was was wrong, you know? But, like, you can still be a protector, at least, and still strive to do good, which is why, like, you know, he's like, okay, yeah, I can see that. I did everything out of rage, and and it was wrong because like I was just fucked up and killed everything the way, and killed innocents. So yeah, I should be locked away for for like you know what what he has done. Um, which is what would make
0: sense to me. Yeah.
1: Does that make sense to you? Yeah.
0: No, I did. Yeah. I understand what they wanted to do, and the the question is, did they have an appropriate enough time and dialogue to explain? To explain it in a convincing way to the audience, probably not. But I, I do get what they wanted to do. The one thing I will say that they did well, and I wonder if you think they should have leaned more into it, was this notion that like our country, Kandak, is being you know taken over by, um, you know it's being it's being taken over by like I guess like gangs. Um, it's been taken advantage of by by other sovereign entities. And when she's complaining to the Justice Society, she's like, you guys never cared about us until suddenly we have some kind of like super weapon in this country. Now you suddenly care. You're trying to take it down. But like, this is our country. So, I, you know, I yep. even though it was blunt, I thought it was like elegantly done to some extent. Like it wasn't it didn't seem like a stretch that she would say that in that moment. She's just like pissed. She's like, are you kidding me? Like you guys have never given two shits about it. I also I want to throw out. I appreciate the use of the inner game. That's awesome. That's a Jack Kirby thing kick ass for them using inner gang but I thought that was cool and they pointed it out and it's like hey this isn't your country like what the fuck are you here for like you don't ever care about helping us any other time of the day so I I liked it I I wonder if they should have like leaned more into it or or if they leaned into it enough
1: yep no which makes total sense Uh, I think they should have leaned into it more just because like it would have been yeah it would have been more sense and it would have been just some more uh, sympathizing for like the people and, again, more of, like, the the rebirth of, like, Black Adam and everything, right? Because there's a lot of, like, little writing tropes, you know, like, being buried underwater and then coming from water, like, the rebirth, you know, sign and all, you know, just, like, the hero journeys trope kind of, you know, when it comes to the writing part. Yeah. But if it would have leaned more into, like, like you said, the political aspects of it and making them understand, like, hey, like, you guys are, say you guys are heroes, but, like, you guys haven't done shit. Um, and now we have some, and you don't see like other to...
0: world governments coming to stop Superman, right? Like, nope. it's not like the second Superman was born and was shown active, did like the UK or some European entity illegally, not illegally, but just like send over some kind of super force to stop him. Like, hey, like we are not comfortable with America having a super weapon. So we feel the need to stop it.
1: Yep. Yep. yep percent. So that, yeah, um, that was
0: really interesting and I, I, yeah, you're probably right, they probably should have leaned into that a little more because it has like a lot more interesting kind of like geopolitics stuff involved in it. It makes it more complicated, which is what I like. It's one of the reasons why I like Doom is because Doom is a really complicated villain to have to deal with. He's like the, he's the leader of a sovereign nation. You can't go arrest him. Um it's difficult, right? There's, there's geopolitics that can kind of get dragged into it too. And then you have all these complicated interactions between the superheroes, potentially the governments, and kind of how the world perceives the actions of both parties. And they could have done that a lot more. Like, how does the world perceive America just sending in a super team to stop Black Adam? Like, that may or may not play well in the United Nations or something, right? And you could have shown video clips of, like, different governing bodies complaining that, like, oh, America's trying to be the world police. What are they doing? Like, you don't even know who this person is, right? Like, we haven't had enough time to speak to him. He's not given an option to actually... I mean, like, Superman literally was arrested and brought to court. Like, Black Adam was not brought to court. He was not served any sort of justice. He was, he was put in a fucking tank.
1: Yep. And, I mean... And I guess, like, and he, I mean, he was, I guess, imprisoned by, I don't know. I mean, because Amanda Waller... But they were out, wizards. I just thing. mean
0: in, like, the court of human, like, humanity. Yeah. Humanity never judged him for whatever he may or he may not have done. But they took the time to, like, in... Was it Batman v Superman? Like, when they had that screenshot of, like, Superman in handcuffs going to court, and he did, like, that whole thing, like, and now that we know this is all canon... You know. You could have done that, right? You could have leaned into the geopolitics of it more and and they didn't.
1: Right. But they kind of just did like, hey, like this is a new, like a new um, you know, like, like you said super weapon that's here in the world. So like let's just uh, like hide it before it gets popular, right? Which is why the task force that tax tax force X came in with Amanda Waller uh, coming in to like, you know, pretty much just kinda hide that that power instead of like and taming it rather than putting it into justice, because, like, again, we're not talking about, like, two different countries, right? America compared to, like, um, somewhere in the Middle East, right? So it's just, uh, yeah, so it's kind of hard, right? Because they're like, oh, yeah, there's some danger on the other side of the world. We can send anybody out there, because it kind of also shows how much, you know, like, I guess I hate to say it, but, like, how America is just very, like, flexing their power, and, like, you know, if it's through them, it's okay, but, like, they'll try to step in, when, it's, it's more, when it can be straining to them kind of deal. Right? So, it yeah, something I mean, that's hard to say and as you can see, like, uh, if you want to get into it, we can get into the post-credit when you're ready.
0: Yeah, we can get into it. The first thing I'm going to say about this is I'm so fucking pissed that this was spoiled. This is so fucking stupid. Shouldn't have been spoiled. Rock The shift said nothing about it. I get it. He wanted to probably raise the, the, the amount of money it pulled in opening weekend because, you know, Right now it's pulling in an okay amount, I suppose. It didn't pull in Batman money though, that's for sure. But it pulled in an okay amount. But like, it's so annoying because I would have been legitimately like, surprised, happy, and like thought it was cool to see that. And instead, like it was so blatant, and it's not even like it was spoiled and you had to go find the spoiler online. It was very blatantly publicly discussed, like online. The fact that his cameo existed. (laughs) so i find that very annoying and dumb
1: and and the thing is like even like even Warner brothers set out as saying like oh henry Cowell is in talks of making the next superman movie and it's just like why are you guys telling this telling us now it was was kind of like the whole andrew garfield and Tom mcguire saying like saying rumor rumor that they're gonna be in the spider-man movie
0: right but at least they denied it that was the thing and even though like I don't know. I I really wish that one was also more secret. That one, I think that one's even harder, to be honest. Come on, that's way harder to keep that one under wraps because you have two really big cameos. And they're in the movie. It's not like it's a five-minute scene. I mean, like, they flew Cavill in for a day to do this, I imagine. This was like he was on screen for four seconds. That's true. He didn't even need to be in the room with The Rock to do what he did because you didn't see them both on camera at the same time, I think. But like Andrew Garfield and 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 Tobey Maguire in like the last third of that movie so the fact that they kept that secret and continued to deny it is actually I think still amazing because even when I saw it in the theaters I still remember it being like quite surprised like oh wow like all that was true that's cool like I still wasn't sure if it was true and then when you see them you realize like oh wow this movie's probably like it's got like another 30 minutes and like you see them in it for that long you're like oh that was cool. So there was still a lot of surprise at least you had with that one. But this one there is none.
1: That's I mean that's fair. I just like I guess my main point is that like this I wanted to know nothing. Like no hints, no nothing. And yeah, I honestly do think it was a, a like a, a move to bring more hype to the to the to the movies, right? Cuz they're like, "Oh crap, like is there a chance? Now I definitely want to go in there to see it." And and like, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I ended up wanting to go see it too, because I'm like, is it true? Are they gonna bring back Henry Cowell? Because I do I do really like Henry Cowell and I think he just looks and suits the Superman role well. You know. Yeah,
0: Henry Cowell's amazing. I think he looks like Superman. I think he could act like Superman if he was given a better script. Um I I really like him in the role of Superman. I'm actually quite happy about that. To be
1: honest yeah but but like you i share the frustrations of like well now it got spoiled and like even like on social media i think during like the screen testings or early like you know more people got to go like people filmed that cameo and put it on social media so it got spoiled like even within that um and that's just because you know the, the day that we live in today we like we literally have to shut down social media like wasn't a couple days before or like weeks before, like there's something big, right? Because when I, again, when we watched, uh, when I watched No Way Home, literally the night when I got home, which was a Thursday, not even the, not even the Friday release date, but the Thursday, as soon as I got home and got onto social media, all of a sudden there was just video and video after video of like them spoiling Spider Man No Way Home, which I thought was crazy. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just it's it's frustrating. I mean, I like to have a a fun, good surprise, you know, Uh, because again, they give us some of the greatest moments in cinema. Like, I still think today, like uh, Avengers Endgame, gave us some of the best uh, surprises, you know, Uh, of how they did. Dude, like,
0: how amazed was everyone the fact that like it wasn't spoiled that Captain America could pick up Thor's hammer? Like I really remember like gasping like so much in the way that they filmed it and you see the hammer moving and you're like, oh, it's going to be Cap and they pan up and it's Cap and it's amazing. It's awesome. And that moment hits the audience hard because like it has a lot of other implications than just like, oh, that's cool that he can hold the hammer. Like it actually means some other things. Right. Yeah. Um, And it's a callback to like other jokes that were made in the series. So that's cool. And it provides Cap with, like, a reasonable method of, like, beating on Thanos for, like, 45 seconds. it was awesome that it wasn't spoiled.
1: No, he held his ground. It was one of the most epic, probably one of my top, like, three to five It's the best moment
0: of that entire movie still for me. It's the best moment. I love seeing (laughs) Cap. No, seriously, I love seeing Cap beat on Thanos for, like, 40 seconds and actually getting his punches in. Because there's no other way he could.
1: Yeah. No, 100%. And I, again, like, that, those, those moments just give me chills, you know, every single time I see it. Like, when I, like, I will just literally go to that part just to revisit that, the lifting the hammer. And then all, and everyone just coming back, uh, you know, from, from like, the dead, you know, being brought back. So, I just, yeah, so, like, no spoilers, no nothing. And it was just incredible to see all that happen, you know?
0: Yeah, so I... Speaking of like money, so I saw it was on. I should check it again. I saw it was on track to make like maybe sixty million in the weekend, which they said was similar to Thor, the the Thor Love and Thunder.
1: Interesting. And for reference,
0: Batman made one hundred and twenty opening weekend.
1: Batman has some just. It has some strong like. So here's the thing, right? Let me like, because, and this is where like. I try to 67 try to figure
0: million. Out. So it's almost 70 maybe.
1: Right. So my whole thing is that right now Ron Tomatoes has the critic review is at forty percent and the audience score is at ninety percent. Right? So and then the rock did post like in his social media that like, you know, that has a ninety percent. Um because he cares more about what the audience thinks than the critics right um, and again I'm always, I'm all for you know if you're interested in the movie go see it for yourself and make your own opinion about it right I just kind of for some reason like you know kind of like to see how this reflects too because um, again some people most people who like genuinely want to like a good popcorn action packed film this is a good you know it's a fun film to go check it out and have a good time I- at
0: I also wonder if there's, like, a bias in the audience score because, like, at least for this scenario, I get the feeling that, like, a lot of people who like The Rock will go see The Rock and they know what they're getting, right? Like, if you like The Rock, you'll probably like this movie. So, yeah, I, I think there could be, like, a selection bias in it. But I also know that there's a selection bias against this type of movie in the um, um, in the critic reviews, right? Because the critics, I think, are... I mean, I'm sure they feel... If they don't feel obligated to, like I bet many of them just are hypercritical of anything that's based off of a superhero, just because the genre is so immense now. Yeah. That they that's just how kind of they are, um, and you kind of need to do more special things to to appease them. But I really do think because of like the kind of the star power that that Dwayne Johnson brings with him, you're probably pretty heavily biased for anyone who sees the movie knew they wanted to see the movie. Because they like
1: him. Yeah, and like you and I have shared our like fandom for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, I'd love to have like a date hang Rock. out. With I mean, him. but we yeah.
0: We also, I mean, like, I love him also because I watched him as a wrestler as a kid too. So same, like that's also same. has a huge impact on me.
1: Yeah, I mean, to this day, he's still the most electrifying, you know, entertainer in sports entertainment or whatever that is, yeah. you know. Um, so like uh, again, like I. I loved him and I like from my childhood to like now and like, yeah, his movies are fun and he has this freaking charm every time he comes to like, the, you know, comes to the to the screen. So, yeah, and that's the main reason why I went to go see Black Adam is to go see him. Uh, but when it comes to like my I guess my own like when I want what I want to see in like films and like superhero films or whatever is like, you know, and it's a big challenge, right? But how do we steer... How do we be creative with the tropes or steer away from some of the tropes? Right. right. Um, which which is why, like, She-Hulk, I enjoyed because of how meta it was and how it called out a lot of the tropes. You know? Yeah. Especially in that last episode. but Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so I'm curious. I don't know. I wonder what they're going to do now. I mean, like, I, I find it hard to believe that Ben Affleck's coming back for Batman, so I don't know what they'll do with that. Also... The Chris—I mean, like the, the the Matt Reeves Batman movies are are great. I I would love to. I don't want them to not do those. So, I would much prefer oh, yeah. like if they if they're only comfortable with having one person being Batman at a time, I would much more rather say okay, go with him. Maybe the audience yeah. can handle that. There's two Batmans. Be I mean, like, oh, this is this own whatever universe. This is a multiverse. This is it. And then now uh, there's another one. But I still find it hard to believe, even with that, that Ben Affleck will do more movies. And then we still have this big looming Flashpoint thing, whatever the fuck that's going to do. It was funny. I watched a video about, like, I don't know, some dude's opinion about, like, kind of what this means for the shaping of the DC universe. And they really dropped in this line where they're like, OK, we'll move forward. They should just ignore the past stuff that sucks and just focus on building things that are good. And they were listing the actors and they said, like, recasted Flash, but they didn't talk about it. <laughs> They just dropped yeah. it and just recast the flash without like <laughs> explicitly describing why that would be beneficial.
1: God. Yeah. And that's a whole I mean they could just they could
0: honestly just they could just do like a... Um, I don't know. I wonder if Wally West is in this. You could do that. I mean like you could just be like, okay, Barry, Barry Allen's done, like now Wally West is the Flash, and you could do that instead. Who knows what's in that? I just I'm really curious, if anything, structurally to see that movie. Like that movie could be a piece of garbage but i'm just going to be very interested to understand like what decisions were made for that movie to try to like reshape or do whatever the hell they want to do with the dc extended universe especially now that i guess they're going to do more henry cavill stuff it just seems so confusing because i think their best bet is to just move forward and just ignore the shitty stuff and just do your best to make things that are good acknowledge some sort of loose continuity when it makes sense to, but don't be tied by it. And that's probably your best bet outside of, like, doing a full-on hard reboot, which at this point is just, like, I don't know what the point of that is. Like, who wants to see more origin stories, you know?
1: And Okay, so I'll say this. I think it's interesting how with the DC stuff, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, how for the DC universe and movies, we're we're more curious about the decisions that the studio Warner Brothers is making, right? And seeing how it's gonna all work out just out of curiosity. Not even yeah, but to we're go
0: nerds for this stuff, right? Like this is not good. Like you
1: should No, the like, audience good.
0: shouldn't be curious about the business decisions being made. They should just be like they should want to see the movies, so it's probably not a good sign.
1: A hundred percent, and that's kind of like that's why I'm like, you know, when it comes to like a Marvel film, we want to go see what's going to happen in the universe, in the story, who are we, who we're we going to see, what's going to happen with these characters. Unlike the DC universe, where we're just like, okay, like how's this going to work, what decisions are going to happen, or are they going to fuck this up, or how's you know all these little things, just like with the Azure Miller Flash thing, like who's going to be the next Batman? Is the Superman you know actor coming back or not? Instead of it being like you know. Oh, cool! Are we gonna see this villain? Are we gonna see like this hero come in? You know, like the there's no like I guess excitement for the art and the story than there like you know compared to like the Marvel universe uh, that yeah. we had,
0: right? Yeah. No. And the weird thing is too is they've actually built up like quite a large universe of like different entities that exist between um, Suicide Squad, um, I guess Peacemaker and the Justice League, like all sorts of crazy shit has happened in the DC universe. So it's like, there's all sorts of stuff they don't have to rationalize anymore technically. Like you could just really jump into the weird stuff and you could just be like, oh, like all of these, like the Teen Titans exist. All of this stuff exists. Like we don't have to explain why it exists. We're just gonna tell you that it exists and then try to tell compelling stories about those characters and whatever they're doing. So that's kind of the benefit Because otherwise, if they do this hard reboot, you have to do this thing where, again, like, you explain, like, a world that maybe, like, either does or doesn't have heroes. And you have to explain, like, why the world is okay with having heroes or why the world, like, how does the world understand that the heroes exist kind of thing. Like, Marvel took a decade to do this. And now they're in a position where they, like, weird shit can happen and it doesn't matter. Because the audience understands that the normal people in this world are accepting of the fact that this exists and like, it makes sense. You know, there's some kind of sense of, there's a, there's a sense of, of I get, yeah, it just makes sense. Right. <laughs> but with this, it just feels like, I just think you just go forward, just go forward, do the best you can. Uh, don't reboot it. I think that's a waste of time.
1: Yeah. And we'll, and we'll see again, like why I'm so curious for the next dc movie right i'm just curious to see what they're going to throw up and like throw it down because like again we've had them um, like uh i guess like can two movies right now like the i think you know the bat the bat woman movie Batgirl was was canned Batgirl. and i think yeah and the super uh superwoman movie was also or supergirl was also canned i think so it's just kind of like what yeah this, i don't know how far they got into
0: that one i mean like that one's not as bad i don't think they made an entire movie and threw it out
1: yeah that's true Um, so i guess my last question regarding like Black Adam: do you think now that we have like the star power like you know dwayne johnson do we do you think he's gonna be more like in the revolved in the center of the universe right of the dc universe no. like he's gonna be like a huge part
0: No, I don't think so. I think they're gonna do like I think best case scenario for him is like they do like a you know one more movie, and they do some kind of face off. It's funny because I guess the face off will be Superman and Black Adam instead of Superman and Shazam, which is what you would have expected it to be. Maybe Shazam has some kind of part in that face off. I I don't know what it'll be. I think it could be really interesting. Like if they bring in some geopolitics, um, presumably like. It just the the way that it has to go because Black Adam's an antihero is. I think the the unfortunate thing is is like there's only one way for this story to go and that's for them. It's like the Batman v Superman route. Like they're gonna fight each other until they realize they were pitted against each other, and then they'll team up and save something. Because otherwise, I don't know how this ends. You know,
1: we'll see. Yeah,
0: like they've already we'll positioned Black Adam as like he's clearly not a villain. He has reason, and if he identifies there's something bad to fight, and he's no longer defending his country, like he's he's not just gonna be killing people for no reason. He's not Lex Luthor. You know what I mean?
1: Right. <sighs> well, I mean there's only one way to find out what's going to happen. It's just to go see the next movie. Uh, so we'll see. Again, I think, like I said, I speak for both Andrew and I, we're just, we're just going to be curious to see what next decisions um, Warner Bros. is going to do when it comes to their IP and the DC the DC world.
0: Uh, I'm going to see Henry Cavill cameo in um, Peacemaker Season 2.
1: God, I, <laughs> I'd i be so excited if I could pull that off. You know, just they had, also, I, I want mean, to see a
0: cameo now of Peacemaker versus Black Adam as a joke because The Rock and John Cena had a very uh, historically well-known rivalry in the WWE.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing! them now they're both from the DC universe, but it, you know, but obviously, like power, like the difference between them is like, yeah, Peacemaker stands no chance you know it's pretty
0: substantially so to... it's pretty substantial like the power difference between peacemaker and black adam but still i would like to see the rock and john cena cameo in some kind of thing or share the screen momentarily in the dc universe yeah
1: we'll see if uh, i mean james gunn has his own way of star power so we'll see what he brings to the table but again anything like that, that you know james gunn usually will do is something i'll just i'm gonna rush to the theater to go watch um which has been announced that he's going to work on another, you know, besides Peacemaker Season 2, he's going to work on another, um, they haven't been, haven't been, uh, what's it called, haven't been expressed yet, but he's going to work on another DC project for Warner Brothers.
0: That's
1: cool. So, yeah. Um, all right. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up here?
0: No, it's a fine movie. I mean, I complain about it a lot. I think overall it's a fine movie. <laughs> I would rate this somewhere... Below black at oh no below Shazam? Yeah, it's probably below Shazam. I'm trying to figure out like relative to Aquaman, where it is it? It's probably pretty close to Aquaman, I think.
1: I, so like I maybe
0: mid seventies.
1: Yeah, same. I gave it a seven out of eight. And I would I would like I like this one more than Aquaman. I think this was more fun as a watch than uh than Aquaman was for me. So so there, yeah. there you have it. All right. Well, this has been I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy.
0: I'm Andrew. See you guys next time.